Well, hey, we're going to start a new series that I'm really excited about. It's called Mission Possible, not Mission Impossible. How many are thankful for that? It's uh, God hasn't called us to do something that he hasn't empowered us to do, amen? Uh, if, he, if he says do something and you find it in the word, what's really cool is when you find it, he, he knows how to empower us to do that very thing. And how many know this, that Christianity is not meant to be lived on your own strength alone, right? And so that's another message, and it's called grace, but there's a grace empowering that we're called to receive, whereby that which we study, read upon in his word He's like, I've empowered you to be that. And he's the firstborn of many sons, right? So Jesus Christ is looking at us going, you can do the works as well. And so Pastor Ray and I are both going to share today. And so midway through, I'm going to call him up to share some things. We're going to share this message today. But um, it's, called, uh, it's called Mission Possible. But we might use the words vision and mission kind of interchangeably. But there is a bit of a difference. Um, how, how many of you have met visionaries, like people who just do a lot of talking? <laughs> I hate to bust on them because I can be a visionary. I can actually have a lot of imaginations, a lot of dreams, and I love to dream with God. And that's a good thing, right? That's actually anointing on, on people that, that come up with new ideas. Anybody thankful for indoor plumbing? I know, right? Somebody thought of that, and somebody then carried it out, right? And so I'm thankful that we progressed a little. But then there's this thing called mission. That's where you actually not just dream about it, not just think about it, not just you know, uh, uh, hear about it, but now you're actually putting something in motion. And so the word mission has more of an in motion uh, type thing where you actually go and do a thing, right? And so I met some people that I, I was a production manager for about 18 years, and, I, and, and so I was asked to take over this plant. Um, <clears throat> and um, I, I realized, I, I was only there a few months, and I realized that they're probably way overstaffed, for one thing. They just weren't efficient in, in, in any way. And so they were about to shut this one plant down. They said, can you take a good look at it? And I said, number one, you're way overstaffed. And, and of course, my boss at the time, the, the vice president of manufacturing, was like, that makes no sense. I can see everybody busy. They're doing, you know. And I said, okay, let's stop right here. Let's look through this window. They can't see us. Let's look through this window. Now follow that guy right there. Follow that gentleman can you tell me what he's doing? This gentleman's busy as ever, picking up a broom, putting stuff down, picking up a skid, putting a skid down. And I said, he doesn't even know why he's doing what he's doing, but he's very busy. And he's not even helping the team. He's not helping on the production line, but he's super busy. Why? Because he's learned how to look busy so he doesn't get fired. <laughs> he's on mission. But he has no vision, right? And so, and so have, you, have you met those people, though, that are opposite of that, right? And so the, we, we've actually had people coming to us because Alicia was in charge of groups, uh, you know, back, back at Lifeway. And so we launched these various, various groups. And so someone came to us, and, and they were like, I had this idea, this idea, this idea. And this has happened to, to Alicia, like, I, I kid you not, like, at least two or three times. And they had wonderful beautiful ideas of how to launch this. And so Alicia would ask them a simple question. What are you called to do? Dead silence. Like, I, no, it's not. It's not, you know. <laughs> so how many know vision and mission need to go together, right? Like, we need those two things. Um, Proverbs 29 says, when there's no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. Like, well, is the word mission 
in Scripture. Um, it is kind of in a roundabout way, right? The concept is, is there. But here's, here's where it's found. You know, you've heard of missionaries. You're like, the word missionary is not even in the Bible. Well, there's a Latin word, uh, missio. Surprisingly, it comes from uh, the Greek roots, um, apostale. It means ascending. It's where we get our modern word for apostle, right? Which means ascent one or ascending, right? And so you're not going to all be called missionaries in the term of how we use the word missionary today. And we're not going to call you all apostles necessarily. We could, but what, what I am saying today is that all of us are sent ones, right? And so it's really, it would be okay to say we're all called to be on mission. Amen, somebody? John 20, 21, Jesus said to them again, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you, right? In the Great Commission, as we know, it's like go you into all the world, right? So he sent all of us, um, so I'd like to call today's message foundations, like what are we building upon and how do we launch this series well? Just look, how are we preparing to go on mission, meaning what are we building upon? And I, I wanted to read this in preparation for where we're going in this series. Um, it might take you by surprise because it's, how, does, how does that actually fit? But it really matters how, that we're building properly for where we're going. Matthew 7, 24. Everyone then who hears these words of mine, Jesus said, and does them will, will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock, right? It's hearing and doing, vision and mission, right? Do you hear it in that verse exactly is what he's saying? And then the rains fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, the one that's built upon a rock, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Come on, we want to build our house on the rock, Jesus Christ. Amen, somebody? And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. And, and that uh, brings a sobering kindness to you know, both hearing and doing. And if we're actually going to talk about these things we're going to talk about today, are you ready and are you, are you actually prepared to go on this mission? Um, and so we want to embrace both. And so I want to invite your founding pastor of Grace Church, Pastor Ray Sensnick, come up and preach for a while, and then I'll be back. So welcome, Pastor Ray. Your section. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Vern. So... It's an exciting series that we believe God has in store for us here. And I just want to share just a, a few verses. One of them is from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 16. And in that particular passage of Scripture, talks about Jesus Christ. After he, he descended, then he ascended, and he gave gifts unto the church. And the gifts that he gave to the church were pastors, apostles, prophets, evangelists, and teachers, oftentimes referred to as the five-fold ministry gifts. One of the misconceptions of the church body at large is that Jesus gave those gifts, those five gifts, to do the work of the ministry. But let's read the scripture and let's find out exactly why Jesus gave the five-fold ministry gifts to the church. And I'm just going to make a few comments on that and share with you from 1 Corinthians chapter 3 as well. And then we'll go ahead and uh, turn it back over to uh, Pastor Vern. But in Ephesians 4, beginning at verse 11, it says, he gave, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip. Everyone say, to equip. So he gave them to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God 
to mature manhood to the measure of the structure of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way unto him who is the head, unto Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped with each part, when, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. There's a lot of content in those few short verses there, but I just want to really quickly give you a, a, a quick outline of it. First of all, verse 11 talks about Jesus gave the, the gifts to the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist. We, we know that and we, we, we are familiar with that. But verse 12 says that the reason for the gifts is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So our job in fivefold ministry, whether we're apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, is to equip the saints to be involved, to be engaged, or to be doing the work of the ministry. We are not to be doing it all ourselves, but rather we are to equip the body of Christ at large to be doing that. And then we also see in verse 13 that this equipping of the body of Christ, this equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry is to continue until. Everyone say until. Until when? Until when? Until we all, everyone say all. That's all of us, not just here in this church or those of us, those of you watching with us online, we welcome you. But not just us, but the entire body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith. Pastor Vern, your job is secure. This is not going to happen tomorrow. It's probably not going to happen next week. But until then, you have opportunity to preach. I have opportunity to preach and to teach. We all have opportunity to be engaged in what God has called us to do. But the goal is, imagine this. It almost seems uh, impossible, but this is not mission impossible. This is mission possible till we all come to the unity of, of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. If we just uh, push a pause button once in a while and remind ourselves, what is it really all about to be a follower of God? And why do we have church? Why do we get together on Sunday mornings? Why do we have uh, small group ministry? And why have other young adult ministries and student ministries? Why do we have all these things? It's to bring us all together in the unity of our political views. No. <laughs> so we all are in agreement with all things cultural. No, till we come together. Everyone say we. That's us, not non-Christians. Till we come together in the unity of the faith. It's a huge assignment, but we need, to, we need to really become serious about maturing and becoming mature Christians and come together in the unity of the faith and say, what are we in agreement on? Well, we're in agreement on the reality of Jesus Christ being our Lord and our Savior. And let's camp on that, let's fellowship on that, and let's grow from that. And let's stop worrying about trying to get everybody else to agree with everything else that we agree on. Everybody else has to believe what I believe. Everyone has to vote the way I vote. Everyone has to just think the way I think. Uh, I think I'm pretty cool, but if everybody thought the way I thought, it'd probably be a pretty boring world. <laughs> everything would be blue. <laughs> so anyway, I digress. But 
So we come to the unity of the faith, verse 14 and 15. Again, continue to talk about uh, just that, that continuation of maturing. Verse 14 reminds us so that we may no longer be children just being tossed about with waves, every wind of doctrine, human cunning, craftiness, deceitful schemes. If there's ever time to be on guard for all of those, it's in our culture today with our access 24 seven access to media and getting input from the world system on just every moment of every day. So we really need to be on guard and not allow ourselves uh, to be deceived or, or to become frustrated and, and, and getting caught up in the craftiness of the world. But rather we are to be speaking truth and love, growing up in every way unto him who is the head. Again, it's all about growing up in Christ and developing our relationship with Christ and becoming more Christ-like. Everyone say more Christ-like. That's our goal is that we become more Christ-like. That's why we come together to worship. That's why we come together uh, to hear the word of God. We, we can't become, we will, we, we will not become more Christ-like on our own. When I'm all by myself, I think I'm pretty perfect. As a matter of fact, I am perfect when I'm by myself. But guess what? We're not meant to be by ourselves. We're meant to be with others, and we are meant to grow and mature and to be Christ-like in our serving of one another and our interaction and relationships with one another. So we must continue to grow. Just make up our mind that we're going to continue to grow uh, in, in, into a Christ-likeness. And from that point, from that vantage point, says the whole body, verse 16 Verse 16 tells us that the whole body, that means 100% participation. Everyone say 100% participation. That means we're all called to participate in this journey. We're all called into this mission. We're all called to participate in maturing and becoming more Christ-like, developing ourselves in the love of God. We can't just sit back and say, well, I, I think someone else can, can, can do that or someone else can participate in that. I don't really need to be engaged in that. Yes, we all need to be engaged. It's 100% participation in our maturity. And the result of all of us coming, being equipped, coming into the unity of the faith in Jesus, maturing and being more Christ-like, all of us participating in that, the outcome of that, the result is growth that builds itself up in the love of God. Growth that builds up. So healthy things grow. We want to be healthy. Grace Church is a healthy church. It's going to continue to grow and build itself up in the love of God. Now, I just wanted to give that to you as a foundation. Now, I want to share with you in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I'm going to read verse 10 and 11. The previous verses, the Apostle Paul is admonishing the church at Corinth. He's admonishing them to stop focusing on who you're following because in reality, you're all following Christ. In reality, you're all being built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. The reason he's saying that is some are saying, well, I'm not a follower of Paul. I'm a follower of Apollos. And I say, well, I'm not following Apollos. I'm following Paul. And we do the same thing today. We can say, well, I'm following them. We have a national name recognition that we say, well, I follow this person. I follow that person. And I said, Paul's basically saying, stop it. What you're following is Jesus Christ. And the person that's leading you, equipping you, is building on that foundation. And that's what these two verses are, are about. Verse 10 of 1 Corinthians 3 says, according to the grace of God given to me, now remember, Jesus gave grace gifts to the church, the apostle, evangelists, pastors, prophets, and so forth, and teachers. So according to the grace of God given to me like a skilled master builder, 
I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. So we see some transitions taking place there. I laid the foundation and someone else is building upon it. And he goes and continues, let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid in Jesus Christ. The foundation that Grace Church has been developed, uh, built on since 1984. That wasn't me. I, was, I wasn't born then yet. Or, or was it me? It was me. It was me. What am I thinking? <laughs> it, it doesn't seem possible. <laughs> But it was me. 1984, Grace Church was, was founded, and it was founded on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Founded on the foundation of the Word of God. And I want to ensure you today and comfort you today that building, uh, developing that foundation on Jesus Christ, someone else is coming along and building upon that. That is God's strategy. That is God's plan. And it's, you know, sometimes it's like, wow, I founded it in 1984. That means I must be at least 50 years old today. And I, I still got it in me. <laughs> I still got it, right? But the reality is, is it's been on my heart. And, and uh, Nancy and I prayed about this starting 10 years ago and really recognizing and realizing that we need to start praying about and having a strategic plan for God, making sure that the next generation is reached. And some of that was due to uh, having Tyler and Megan for me later in life, you know, being in my 40s and having two more children and all of a sudden realizing that uh, they are like, reminding me that I'm old, reminding me that our worship team was getting old, reminding me that the church is getting old. And I said, what do you mean we're getting old? We just learned all the new Chris Tomlin songs. <laughs> and my son's response was, Chris Tomlin is 50 years old. <laughs> I thought, all right, there, there's a generational shift going, uh, taking place here that I, I need to get on board, or I need to get on board, or I'm going to be in that same place where I was when I was a young man, and I'd left, be, in a, in a sense, mocking the churches that were filled with, or not even filled, but they'd open the doors, but they just have a few older, gray-haired people in them. And I thought, you know what? I'm heading down that same path if we don't take some necessary strategic steps here. And so if God's been doing a work, has it all been easy? No, but God's grace is sufficient. And we are blessed today, and I want to again ask you to welcome with me our new lead pastor, Vern Martin, as he comes back to share the mission should you choose to accept it. Pastor yeah. Vern, <laughs> preach Thank the word. Thank you so much. I love you, man. <laughs> it's been a joy. <laughs> Oh, amen. It's been such a joy. Alicia and I have been on staff now, what, three weeks? Uh, has it been that, that long? Yeah. And um, we're just starting to peek behind all the curtains, you know, <laughs> and getting busy. So thank you, Pastor Ray. I love you so much. Um, well, let's dive a little deeper before we get you home to your beautiful families. Y'all ready? And we're just going to lay some groundwork today and prepare uh, as God is calling us um, yes to vision, but has really preparing us for, for mission possible. First Peter 2.5, and I love this, how he words it. He says this, you, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God 
through Jesus Christ. And that just means like a living sacrifice, right? Jesus completed the ultimate sacrifice and gave his life, but he asks us to be living sacrifices. That means giving all of yourself is really what that means in its simplest form, right? So I wanna go into three ways that we're preparing for mission right now. And I'm just going to ask you a lot of questions and give you just a lot to pray about. Is that okay? And give you some homework and um, get your notebooks out and just write down all the questions. No, you don't have to do that. You can listen back. That's cool. We got, we got, uh, we, we, we're, we're actually recording this and it'll be on, on YouTube. You can just listen back. But I want to ask you a lot of questions and give you a lot to think about and pray about uh, when it comes to what I call time, talent, and treasure. These things all have to be there in order to have what I would call a successful mission, right? And that, that, that's been kind of a, a catchphrase for a lot of things. And a lot, some Catholic authors wrote about time, talent, treasure. It's not really in Scripture in that phrase exactly, but those concepts are all found in Scripture. That's why we adopt this thing. We need time, talent, and treasure. Let's look at these concepts real quick as we pray about where we're going. And then each week we're gonna dive in a little further, a little deeper, and I'll tell you where we're going. Number one, let's look at time. It, what a precious commodity, right? You, you ever go like, wow, an hour has passed and I don't know where it's gone. I've, I've done that with whole days of mine. I mean, it's like three o'clock. It's time to think about heading out of here. Where has my time gone? Do you, you ever ask yourself that? Ephesians 5, this is what they say. Ephesians 5 Paul wrote in verse 15, it starts, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. I declare wisdom upon you and me, right? Making the best use of the time. Hallelujah, somebody. Because the days are evil, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And simply question is this, am I making the best use of my time? Again, as we talked about King David, he wanted to be in the house of the Lord forever. God says, I have other ideas. I'm going to come live inside of you. Like, you're the temple, right? That's new covenant. So it doesn't mean that you have to be at church all the time. I'm not saying that. But the best use of your time calls out wastefulness, right? Oh, come on. Am I stepping on anybody? I apologize in advance. But I've done this. You know, I've looked back and go, wow, I scrolled and I scrolled and I scrolled and I look back like, I cannot believe 20 minutes has passed for this, and I just watched some funny videos, literally, for 20 minutes. We're, 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 we're like so much media in front of us. It starts by checking in with your friends, and an hour can pass by, and you, haven't, you don't even remember what all you watched, right? Come on. Am I the only one? That's why some stuff had to get deleted from my phone. Why? For me to just make best use of my time, Right? And you get sucked quickly into the world. Some stuff, come on. As you go and pray this week, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and say, is this the best use of my time? And if we're going to be called on mission, again, do I have some time available? What a precious commodity. And we don't want to take it for granted. There's so many people here at Grace Church who give up their time and, and talents and treasures. You know, this whole, this whole stage, I saw, I, I, was, I was here, uh, I saw this part of the stage going up. I think these guys put in a lot of time, you know, making this stage and then getting the lights just right and all that. Isn't it cool? I like how this looks. It's just neat. It took a lot of time as well as talent and treasure but ask, ask the Lord and talk to the Lord. When's the last time you prayed about that and gone on a journey to say, am I making the best use of time? Is that okay? What about talent? That means the skills that God has given you and um, the talents that 
that you were, some of you were born with. <laughs> some of you were just born with an amazing singing voice. It really isn't fair at all. Um, some of you really have it, but you really had to work on it, right? You had to steward such a thing to, to learn a musical instrument, things like that. But in Matthew 25, uh, Jesus tells this parable about the, the servant who starts squandering his talents, right? And, and you can read that later. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Uh, basically, not investing wisely to see increased or impact in and it, that story ends negatively with the servant getting fired. And so I don't, I, don't want to read that. I don't want to read that one right now, but I want to read 1 Peter 4. Listen to this, starting at 10. As each, again, each of you, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. It can't get much more clear than that, right? As good stewards of God's varied grace, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever and amen. Right? Do you have a talent? Do you have a gift? Um, a skill that you've been waiting to share with others and just haven't found the right way. Or maybe I've been sensing like some people have it and just haven't felt released or mobilized. And so I've been praying into that. Like maybe the people that are too shy and haven't felt equipped or haven't had the opportunity to share a thing or to get busy with something. And maybe, uh, maybe though, maybe you've been too shy or just too passive. Ooh. That was on purpose, and I wrote that in my notes, because passivity is a disease in our culture. Come on, somebody. It really is, and I've been, I've been, I've been under that thing quite a few times in my life, and you have to sort of slowly rip yourself away from that passivity that comes on you and saying, somebody will take care of that. Somebody else will do that. Somebody will grab a broom. You know, somebody will grab a thing. Somebody will grab an instrument. No, um, right now, I just want you to dismiss all that and say, have I been passive with the gifts that God has given me, and how am I uh, supposed to use my gifts and talents to further the kingdom in some way? Again, you know, you're going to work tomorrow, uh, most likely, um, somewhere, and you're not supposed to be in church all week. That's actually not what we're called to do. And so you're, you are called to use your gifts and talents out there as well, in your homes and in, and in the world that we live in, right, in the business world, but also here as, as we further the kingdom in this place and equip and train the body of Christ, amen? So think about it, pray about it. Am I prepared to bring it and use it? Man, I was doing a class last year, Again, and I actually do a class. We'll do it here sometime about hearing God. It's, it's a class on the Holy Spirit, and then it goes into how we engage and how we learn to hear God's voice, and we'll do that class sometime. It's one of my favorite things to teach. You can actually teach people that they can hear God, right, my sheep? But, but I said that this pause right here, pause. I'm not going to teach you how to hear God if you don't ever intend to do anything he tells you to do anyway. <laughs> And they stared at me, you know. There's this moment of pause and silence. I'm like, no. If you're in this class just to get some theology, I want this class to be interactive. Come on, somebody. And I want this class to, to make you feel activated. Now, get in your mind that when I learn to hear God, I'm actually going to act upon it or do it, right? And so that you could feel a shift going on. And I think I'm just imparting that to you today. Before we go, like, say, on mission, you know, we can talk about theology, we can talk about scripture, but are you actually prepared to, to bring it and use it? Have you prayed about it? You guys okay? 
The final one is treasure. Can we pause and look at this this week and actually pray about it? That means, that means your money. It actually means your stuff, though, too. It's not just your money, but it means your pocketbook. It means your stuff. You know, it's not popular for preachers nowadays to talk about your pocketbook. Um, <laughs> but it's in the Bible. Jesus talked about it. So I'm allowed to talk about it sometimes. Is that okay? Hallelujah. Luke 6, 38. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. It's just talking about generosity. Are you okay with that? The Holy Spirit that's living within you, that has made his residence up inside of you and has been now joined with you and married to you, guess what? His nature is generosity. He is a very giving giving generous Holy Spirit. And so then he starts to equip you and to release you, not only to create wealth, but then give it where it's most needed, amen? 1 Timothy 6, 17 to 19, and it says, it says this, um, as for the rich in this present age, let me pause right there, that is you, by the way. You are the rich in this present age, if you don't believe it. I'm going to pause there and go back to it. Almost all Americans are in the top 10% of wealth compared to the whole world. Even the bottom 10% of household income are more than 15,660, which is like the low end of what people earn in America, right, is over 5.5 times the average global income. I'm saying there's poor among us, understand that. And some of you might be struggling financially. I'm not trying to make light of it. But you can still have a generous spirit, right, in you, and God will equip you to give what it is that you have. First Timothy, back to that, says this. Um, nor, as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, and to be generous, somebody say generous, and ready to share, hallelujah, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. I like how that version is written. I think that's the ESV version. So that they may take hold of that which is truly life. You'll find life as you start sharing that which you have in your treasure. That's your stuff. That is your money, time, talent, and treasure. Have you prayed about it? When's the last time you said, Holy Ghost, you're living inside of me? Would you lay on my heart exactly what I'm supposed to give and to where and to whom? Well, sometimes we hear messages and we go, well, I've just been told what to do. I'm just going to do this in obedience, you know, whatever. But the Holy Spirit is a very interactive Holy Spirit. And he wants to lay on your heart and interact with you when you're uh, balancing your checkbook. And then you see what's, what's left over. And after you've given here, he might say, you know what? This money belongs over there. I want you to go bless someone or I want you to bring it into Grace Church or a ministry, and all that's okay. Have you prayed about it? That's my question. Have, have you prayed about this um, lately, today? <laughs> so over the next few weeks, this is where we want to go, and, um, and I want to tell you where we're going to go so that you know why we're praying into this stuff. This is what I believe we're going to talk about, and then we might, we might park there for a while and unpack it. And each week, I want to impart vision, but also mission. Mission means practical ways that we can get involved and see this happen. I believe that church is supposed to be three things all the time. And that's a hospital. It should look like a hospital. And, and church should look like a family. Excuse me. 
And church should look like an army. Church is supposed to look like a hospital. It's a place where people come to find healing. Where would you want to find healing but with the body of Christ, Lord, and find freedom and healing, right? Church should be a family. Where should you find, find actual connection, right? Brothers and sisters, a lot of scripture around that. And church should be an army. This is where we start to battle together, right, and start taking territory. Come on, this is where your businesses learn to serve the Lord in the business. And so a hospital, a family, and an army, we're gonna take some weeks and unpack it and show you all this scriptures that, that the church should look like in these three categories. Um, none of you should be stuck in any one of the categories. What You've seen actually entire congregations get stuck in one of those categories. Well, we're just a place for new believers. We're just a place where it's a hospital. We're all about healing. We're all about deliverance and all that. Yeah, but no one's a family. No one's hanging out. No one's going on a motorcycle ride together. No one's having breakfast together. And if you want to actually find a friend, you can't find it at that church, right? If you come in, let's pray in tongues. Let's cast out a demon, right? <laughs> That's what they do. You see what I'm saying? I'm just using that as an example. Like a church is supposed to be all those three. And I, and I just want to unpack that. And as we learn then to become all three. Now you might find your gifting in one of those categories, right? And so, so those things will come alive in you and say, this is where I'm mainly called to serve. But you're also called to be in those other categories. I want to read you a final verse. 1 Peter 2.9. But you are a chosen race. You're a royal priesthood a holy nation, a people for his own possession. You belong to Jesus Christ, right? That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Can I get a solid amen? amen. Would you stand with me today, good people? Thanks again for hanging out here at Grace Church today, and thanks again for joining us online. Listen. I want, to, I want to quickly ask those of you who might be visiting today, especially if you're new to the gospel, is your foundation Jesus Christ and have you made him Lord of your life? Have you built your life upon the solid rock? Have you paused and said, my time is all mine, right? I haven't given time proper time. Well, the fact that you're here and the fact that you're listening is a really good start. Hallelujah. But if you're here today and you're saying, no, I really would like to take that next step and to declare Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior and build my life upon the solid rock, I would like to give you an opportunity to launch that today and just get it started. Can we just pause and every eye closed for just a moment? Let's give people some personal space. That's all that does. And if you're here today, you're saying, I really need to take the first step and accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior, make him my solid foundation. Will you just shoot your hand up in the air so we can pray with you today? I see you, brother. Anyone else? I see you, brother. Very, very thankful. Very proud of you. Anyone else? If you're online, you can type it into Facebook Live if you want, saying, I accept Jesus Christ or something like that. Thank you so much. You can put your hands down. Hey, let's all pray together and pray with the two brothers that raised their hand, and we're gonna pray with them. Say after me, Father God, I come to you. Jesus Christ, I acknowledge your lordship. I confess my sins and I receive your forgiveness. You are my solid foundation. Holy Spirit, empower me for right living. Your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's applaud those who said yes to Jesus today. Thank you, Lord.